from Psalms 119, 9 through 16. How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. With my whole heart, I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. With my lips, I declare all the rules of your mouth. In the way of your testimonies, I delight as much as in all riches. I will meditate on your precepts and fix my eyes on your ways. I will delight in your statutes. I will not forget your word. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Well, I'd like to invite you to take your uh, message notes out of the bulletin, and if you have a Bible, to turn to Psalm 119, and uh, you can use that to follow along. Well, we're just about to a new year, and it's uh, customary at this time of year to uh, make some New Year's resolutions. You probably all made resolutions. I've made some. Uh, I, the ones that I can remember uh, are things like, um, I'm resolved to uh, lose 10 pounds, uh, I'm going to go to the gym three times a week. Uh, I'm going to do all Christmas shopping before Thanksgiving, and I'm going to do my taxes early. Well, unfortunately, even though I had a lot of good intentions, it seems like most of the time I just don't really fulfill the resolutions that I make this, this time of year. Maybe you've had that experience as well. Well, this year we have a challenge for you as a congregation, the leadership of the church, I'm going to challenge you to read through the Bible in a year. Now, that sounds like a really big challenge, and I, and I guess it really is. There's 1,189 chapters in the Bible, and if you were to sit down and read it all the way through, you could do it in about 70 hours. So it's doable over the course of an entire year. So like most resolutions, the, the problem is not with the intention, right? Nobody makes a resolution with the intention to not do it. The problem is there's just not enough motivation to do it. There needs to be enough motive to say, this is really important, and I'm going to make it a high priority, and I'm not going to let things get in the way of, of doing that. So if you make a resolution this year to read through the Bible this year, um, you need to have a sufficient amount of motivation to really do that. So the question this morning is, where do you get the motivation to read all the way through the Bible in a year? What is going to spur us on to do that? And maybe not surprisingly, the answer is actually found in the Bible itself. One of the most, uh, I guess, inspiring parts that you could say is in Psalm 119. Psalm 119 is a, a psalm that really exalts the Word of God. It, it tells us how, why we should read it, why we should meditate on it, what it can do in our lives, and so forth. So by reading it, uh, you will find motivation to read through the whole Bible. Now, if you do read through on Psalm 119, you just read through the longest chapter in the book, in the Bible, and uh, the longest psalm. So you'll already have a really great start. But I would like to encourage you to read through Psalm 119, and it will, you, I think you will find it uh, very inspirational and help you uh, fulfill the commitment, if you want to make that commitment, to read through the Bible in 2019. Now, this morning, I want to just focus on uh, 
the second section, there's 22 sections in Psalm 119, and I want to just focus on the second one, okay? Now, a lot of the ideas that are in the second section, uh, you're found repeated throughout the whole psalm, so it's a good section to really focus on. And I want to share with you this morning four, really, what I think, compelling reasons for reading the Bible, and, and hopefully this will provide you with motivation to follow through on a commitment to read it in a year. The, the first thing I find is uh, that it's in verse 9, and that is the Bible provides a roadmap, a roadmap for holy living. Look at verse 9. It says, how, ask the question, how can a young man keep his way pure? And then, then he answers it by guarding it according to your word. Now, the, the psalmist really begins by asking and answering one of the most important questions that any believer can ask. How do I maintain a godly life? And of course, here he's really focusing on, on the young. And I think that that's, um, uh, that's important because for younger people, uh, really making the Word of God a priority is, is something that will change the course of their life. And so it's especially challenging, I know, for young people to keep, uh, to keep God's commands. Uh, for one thing, when you're young, it seems like your behavior, our behavior is more dominated by our hormones than by biblical principles. Uh, and also, when you're young, you, um, you maybe have not um, gotten to the point in your life where you recognize the value of self-control. That's not really seen as very important in your life at this point. Um, and also, when you're young, you haven't lived long enough to experience the negative consequences of what happens when you ignore the Word of God, right? When you make decisions that are not moral and uh, do things like view pornography or engage in sexual relationships outside of marriage. Now, when you're young, you don't think about the consequences of those kinds of behaviors. And so, you, you know, it's easy just to ignore the Bible and what it teaches. So it's really commendable that this, the psalmist, even as a young man, who is a godly person, wants to maintain his walk with God. He wants to be holy and live a pure life. And so I, I like to, to let, uh, compare the Bible to a, a roadmap, a roadmap for holy living. And I, I, I compare it to a map because a map doesn't really force you to go in any one direction, Right? Until we all get into autonomous driving cars that will take us, you know, wherever the car wants us to go, um, you have a choice, right? You can look at the map and you can decide, I'm going to go this way or I'm going to go that way. And so we have to choose the, the route we're going to take. And the, and the Bible provides like a, a map of, of ways to go to get where you want to be. Now, it's important for the map to be accurate, right? If you have an, a map that's not accurate, you can follow it faithfully, right? And you'll wind up in the wrong place, right? If you have an inaccurate map. Well, the good news, the Bible is accurate, right? It's a good map. It will guide you properly if you pay attention to it. But the problem really is not knowing that the Bible is accurate. The, the problem is that so often we don't pay attention to it. We just choose our own ways. We decide oh, I, I know the way to live. I know how to make that decision. I know what's right and wrong. And so without consulting the Bible, we make decisions and, and just live our lives as though the Bible wasn't really guiding us. Um, 
a funny example of, of, of how you need to focus on a map and follow what it says. Uh, a few months ago, um, I was going to a meeting at Grace Church of Orange. And so I'd been there a couple of times, and so I was just sure that I knew how to get there. So rather than open up Google Maps and just double check to make sure I knew where I was going, I just started off on the freeway, and instead of taking the 22, I got onto the 405. And so I'm driving south in the 405, and I'm going about 10 minutes down the highway, and I realized, wait a minute, I'm going the wrong way. I should have just looked at the map just to make sure that I was, you know, going the right way. I don't have a great sense of direction, so for me, that's especially important. But I just didn't do it. And so what did I do? I repented. I turned around and I went in the other direction, right? That's what repentance is all about. But what happened was I didn't follow the map. I didn't follow the road back. God's word is like a map that lays out a pathway. That's why the psalmist says, um, how can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. You know, you can keep your way pure. Your way is your path. And the way to keep on that path is by following kind of the roadmap that God laid out. Now, I, uh, fortunately, the Bible is an accurate roadmap, and the problem is we just need to read it and follow it. So hopefully next year, uh, you'll, you'll learn some things about uh, what God wants us to do, not just what to avoid, but what to do uh, so that we can stay on, on the right path. So that's the first thing. The second thing is found in verses 10 and 14 and 16. Now, I lumped these together because they really uh, have to do with the focus that the psalmist has on the Word of God. All of these verses say that you need to really keep your attention on the Word of God. So if you have a, a, a paper copy of the Bible and you want to underline this, you might want to do this. But let's look at see these verses and see how important it is to focus on the Word of God, to give it our full attention. The Bible is worthy of our full attention. Verse 10 says, with my whole heart, okay, underline whole, with my whole heart I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments, wandering off the path, right? And then verse 14, in the way of your testimonies I delight as much as in all riches. Do you delight in the Word of God? The psalmist delighted in the Word. I will meditate on your precepts and fix my eyes on your ways. So that's the full attention, right? I'm thinking about what God's word says, keeping my eyes on your ways. Verse 16, I will delight in your statutes. I will not forget your word. So the Bible, the Bible is worthy of our complete attention. Now in the Bible, the, the idea of the heart is not so much a place of emotion, although that it is. The, the heart in the Bible is a place of thinking. It's our mind. And the Bible emphasizes the importance of thinking because right thinking leads to right behavior. And wrong thinking, just to, to converse, right? So it leads to other kinds of behavior. So thinking is very, very important. Now, the Bible, uh, not only in the Old Testament, but in the New Testament, emphasizes the value of, of right thinking. And uh, when Paul was writing to the Philippian church, he wanted to encourage them 
to walk in a godly way, to, to honor God in all the things that they, do, that they would do. And the, the way to do that is by changing what they were thinking about. Look at what it says in Philippians 4.8. Paul says, finally, brothers, so he's summing things up and he's saying this is really important. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, and then you might underline this, think about these things. Think about these things. Thinking, right thinking, leads to right behavior. And wrong thinking leads to wrong behavior. We want to stay on the path. We need to give the Word of God our full attention. Now, it's very easy to get distracted, okay? I think we live in a society where, uh, especially living in the city, we just have so many distractions, so many things pulling us in different directions. Now, certainly during Christmas time, um, I think we all experience that, right? Christmas is about celebrating the birth of Christ. And so we have, rather than focusing on that, a lot of times we spend our time thinking about shopping and parties and all the things, you know, what I'm going to decorate my house and putting up the lights and all that stuff. And those are great things. Nothing wrong with those things. But like most things, they can be a distraction from taking us away from focusing time and attention in the Word of God. I, I know if you're like me, I have a Bible app on my phone. And it's very easy to open up and read Scripture. And there's times in the day when I have sort of, you know, downtime where I could, I could easily do that. But honestly, it's a lot easier for me to open up Facebook or read my email or look at sports scores or something like that. It just, just seems like it's much easier to do that than it is to open up my Bible app and read Deuteronomy, okay? Now, and by the way, Deuteronomy is a wonderful book, very <laughs> instructive, okay? Don't want to discourage you. It's a great book. So is Leviticus. But it's just easier to read my, the Facebook post than it is to read that, right? You have to admit, that's, that's an attraction. But it's a distraction. And so what the, what the psalmist says here is, I'm going to set aside all that stuff. I'm going to focus on the Word of God. It's going gonna, it's gonna to penetrate my mind. It's going to help me learn how to be a godly person, how to maintain a godly walk. And so the, the, we will not wander, the, the psalmist actually makes a prayer here, let me not wander from your commandments. I love that. You know, wandering is when you go off the path. And so this is a prayer. So what, what it's going to take for us to um, actually focus on the Word of God is two things. It's going to take personal commitment, right? This psalmist says, with my whole heart I seek you, that's his personal commitment, and then it's going to take the help of God. Let me not wander from your commandments. It's both. So you, you may make a commitment to read the Word of God and be highly motivated, but I would suggest that you also pray and ask God to help you maintain that commitment and to actually follow through. So he prays for God's help. 
So the Bible is worthy of our attention. But it also, the third thing I want you to notice in this passage is Bible prepares us for challenges, uh, prepares us today for the challenges that we will face tomorrow. Look at verse 11. It says, I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. So saving up God's word in our heart helps us to know what we should do and what we should avoid because um, sin is dishonors God. And when we sin against one another, we're actually sinning against God himself. It's an affront to God. And so we want to maintain a holy life because we want to please God and be blessed by him and be, live in obedience to him. And, uh, and we don't want to go wandering off the path. And so it says, I will, uh, so we'll seek him with our, our whole heart by storing it up, uh, storing up his word in our, in our lives. So the Bible helps us avoid making wrong choices. It helps us to understand how to make right choices, but also the Bible prepares us for the challenges that are going to come our way. We simply, life can change very suddenly. And life might be going very smooth for you. I hope it is. But you just never know when something's going to happen which is going to challenge your faith. And the time to prepare for those difficult times is not when you're in the middle of the crisis. You ever notice that? The time to prepare for a crisis before the crisis comes, right? Get prepared, prepared before there's an earthquake, not during the middle of an earthquake. Okay, you can't wait that long. Got it? You need to do it now. And so, the, and so the, the Bible, if you store up the word of God in your, in, in, in your heart, then you'll be prepared for these challenges that inevitably come. Recently, a member of our church shared with me an experience that, that um, uh, their family had. Um, she was working for a company that got bought out by a larger company. And her job was, was eliminated through that buyout process. Well, actually, she got a nice severance. And so the financial part of that wasn't so bad. And what she told me was when she, when she got this, you know, when this happened, she thought, you know, I'm, because I am financially okay, I'm going to be able to have, uh, I'm going to be able to prepare for Christmas and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to have the best Christmas ever, right? Because I have all this wonderful time and I have the resources to prepare. So what happened? Shortly after that, her spouse became very sick and was taken by an ambulance to the hospital. So instead of, instead of spending time decorating the house, going Christmas shopping, going to parties and things like that, she spent a lot of time, you know, at the hospital. You, you can't prepare for that. Why are in the middle of it? You have to prepare before it happens. And that's why the psalmist says that you should store up the word in your heart. Um, it's the, the word of God is sort of, you know, like a, putting in your heart is like having a spiritual bank account. If you, if you want to prepare for the future, you need to save now, right? You can't decide to start saving when you have a big financial problem um, and need the money at that time. You have, to, you have to save it up ahead of time. 
in order to prepare. Um, I've noticed that even animals have the good sense to store up food in the summertime so that they'll have things to eat when the winter comes, right? And so storing up the Word of God in our hearts will prepare us for not only knowing what we should do and what we should avoid, but also preparing us for the challenges of life that are sure to come in, uh, in the future. And so um, my, uh, uh, well, the psalmist really recommends that we store up the Word of God in our hearts. So that's, um, that's another reason why we should spend time reading it, focusing on it, and thinking about it. Now, the fourth thing is, is found in verses 12 and 13. And that is the Bible is the primary means that God uses to bless and instruct his people. And so he says in verses 12 and 13, Blessed are you, O Lord, teach me your statutes. Uh, with my lips I declare all the rules of your mouth. So the psalmist here, he knows that blessing and obedience go hand in hand. And he wants to live a blessed life. He wants to enjoy God's blessings. And so he knows that the way to do that, the way to be blessed, is to understand what God's, uh, God's commands, the principles and the commands that you find in the scripture. But this prayer is not about getting more information. So it says, teach me your statutes. Now remember, this is a godly person. And so he's not saying, I need more information. If you're like me, you have lots of information, right? The problem is not having enough information. The problem is knowing how to apply the information. And so I think uh, this prayer is really about more about application than simply information. In fact, in the Bible, uh, the emphasis on learning is not so much so that you can just expand your knowledge, but so that you can apply the knowledge that you have. And so when the psalmist um, prays to God and says, teach me your statutes, what he's really saying is, help me understand how to apply it in my life. Guide me, guide me in my life so that I can, that I can live a blessed life and, uh, and I can bless others. And so... Um, Maybe you've had the experience of uh, reading the Bible and then coming to a point where the, a passage, a particular passage, really speaks to your heart. Uh, I, um, I remember when um, we, were, um, when we were first married, um, I was reading through Ephesians. And uh, in Ephesians chapter 5, you have... Uh, what's called household rules. And that's rules about how you're to treat one another in the home. And so there's instruction about, you know, what a husband should do, what a wife should do, uh, how children should behave, and so forth. So I was reading through Ephesians chapter 5, and uh, I came to verse 25. And this is what Ephesians 5.25 says. Husbands, Love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. And immediately I recognized that I was not 
living up to that command. And there were a lot of things that I would have to change if I was going to do that. Now, that was really God's Holy Spirit taking the Word of God and making it come alive in my own life. It was, it, you know, it was God teaching me. Because the psalmist says, Lord, teach me your statutes. Okay? Lord, speak to my heart. Help me to understand not only what they mean, but how I can put them into practice in my own life. And so as I, I, I read that verse, I, I still remember it was many years ago, uh, and I thought, you know, I really am going to have to make some big changes. And uh, I'm still learning, you know, after almost 45 years. Still haven't arrived at that yet. So God is still speaking to my heart through that verse. Well, that's what the power of the Word of God. But the psalmist not only knew God's commands, he wanted others to know them as well. You know, when you, when you have good news, what do you want to do with it? You want to share it, right? Something good happens, you want to bless other people, you want to share with them this, this good thing. And so the psalmist naturally, because he has been blessed by God, and, and his life has been guided by the Word of God, and the Holy Spirit has been illuminating his heart and teaching him how to live a godly life, and he knows the benefits of that, he wants others to also enjoy the blessings. And so he wants to share them. And so he says, with my lips, I declare all the rules of your mouth. Not just to tell people what to do, but to say, this is the way to live. This is the, how, the way to have a blessed life. And so if you want to help your family, your children, your grandchildren, your friends, your neighbors, understand how to have a blessed life, you need to be prepared to teach them by knowing the Word of God. How will we know the Word of God if we don't read it? You won't know it and you won't understand it if you don't spend time in it, right? And so if you're going to teach others, you need to first teach yourself. You need to be committed to reading and, and meditating on the Word of God. But you know that the, the Bible, again, is very clear that um, helping others understand God's Word is very important. It was important in the Old Testament. It's important in the New Testament. There's a wonderful verse in Colossians chapter 3 that says this, and really, Colossians 3, 3.16 sounds a lot like Psalm 119. When you just look at the two of them together, the spirit of these verses and the, and the goal of these verses are very similar. Colossians 3.16 says this, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. A dwelling is the place you live, right? So it's to take up a residence in you. Let it, let it live in you. Let it dwell in you to the point where it overflows. 
and so that you can help others know how to have a godly life. Teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom. Not teaching and admonishing based on just our own opinions or ideas, but based on the wisdom that comes through the Word of God. If you're going to teach others, make sure it's based on the Scriptures, not just your own personal opinion. Opinions are fine, and if you say, this is my opinion, that's great. But if you're going to teach and admonish others, you need to do it according to the Word of Christ. Let it dwell in you richly. And it will dwell in you richly if you read it, if we meditate on it, if we think about it, if it's a priority in our life. And not just once in a while, but, but consistently. And that's slowly, day by day, and year after year, God will transform our hearts and our minds as we let the Word of Christ dwell in us richly. And so when we, when we do that, we can be prepared, prepared and motivated to help others understand what God wants for their life. And so I hope that you will make a commitment to really focus on, on reading the Word this year and think about what it says, meditate on the Scriptures. Uh, the Bible provides a wonderful roadmap for holy living. It's not going to tell you how to make every decision, but it will provide you with a guide. It's a place you can come and ask questions of God and then say, what, what should I do? Or what should I avoid? And how should I, how should I live? And so because it's this wonderful moral roadmap, it also is worthy of our full attention. Rather than just uh, once in a while looking at it, really spend a lot of quality time because it will change your thinking. Thinking changes, good thinking leads to good behavior. And the Bible not only will guide us in moral decision-making, it'll also prepare us for challenges. It'll say, I should avoid this because it's an affront to God, it's sin. Or I should do this because if I don't do it, it's sin. It prepares us for the challenges of, of holy living, but also prepares us for a crisis that we can be prepared to, to face the challenges that are sure to come in the new year. And it's the, it's the way that God blesses us. We, we can enjoy blessings from many different directions, but the Bible is the primary way that God uh, blesses and instructs his people. And so it's up to us to read it, to make the commitment to read and meditate on it. And we can also pray and ask God to help us make that commitment and to keep us on the path. And so this year, I hope that you will uh, make the commitment to read through the scriptures and to think about it. Make some notes on a little sheet. It's great we have those guides each week, and you can write down some things that you want to ask about, some things that you want to apply in your life. And uh, by the end of next year, I think that you'll say that you were truly blessed by, by doing that. So let's, uh, let's pray. Lord, we thank you that you have given us an incredible uh, guide for holy living and that your principles and your precepts um, help us to have lives that are truly blessed. And Lord, we pray as we enter this new year that you would help us make the commitment 
to read it consistently, to meditate on its principles, and to apply it uh, in whatever way you see fit in our life. And, and we just pray for your help in doing that. We thank you for it. In your name we pray. Amen.